Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. that we got another guest here on the show. Let me uh, try to nail this name. We have the one, the only, this is where I do the, the Nate Burleson intro, the one, the only, Logan Lamorandier of Lions Lowdown, and he just won the Lions Twitter bracket. He's the champion of the world. I mean, we were a 16 seed. I still got a beef. We should have at least been a 12 because I know we could have upset a five seed in that bracket. But Logan won the whole thing, taking out pride of uh, Detroit, I believe. Logan, I'm out of breath. That's all I got. Your tremendous follow on Twitter. We're so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. How are you? Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. That's hands down the best intro I think I've ever received. So. Oh, man, absolutely. Like I say, we're, uh, we're happy to have you on the show today. Everybody that's out there listening, uh, Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I had to show up for this, man. We got Logan on. That's just, this is just, you know, I'm not worthy of this, so glad he's on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when are you worthy, Grifka, really? I mean, uh, but, yeah. There's we're, plenty we're of weeks I'm worthy. <laughs> plenty, plenty of weeks. Oh, well, that's up for debate. We might put that on Twitter. But uh, today, man, we're going to talk all things Lions football. And like I said, on the Kool-Aid cast, we don't mess around. We get right into it. So, Logan, first question I have for you, man. Trade up for Josh Allen or trade back for a Brian Burns type player? Like, there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo about us going up to the Jets and trying to get a guy like uh, Josh Allen fits the scheme perfectly. Freak, get after the quarterback. Trade back and get some picks and still pick up a great football player. What do you think in draft is like a week away, man? You know, I'm almost always a proponent of trading down just because I, I love having more picks. You know, there's so many players that you'd imagine you could probably get at least a, a third round pick depending on, it all depends on the trade down scenario, but anytime you can add another day two pick to move down and you mentioned Brian Burns to still get a player like that. I don't know if the Lions are as nearly as high on Brian Burns as maybe I am myself. They did bring him in for a top 30 visit, but that's not saying a bunch when the last three Lion draft picks that Bob Quinn has made, uh, none of them have come in for the top 30. They, they did meet with them, met with the Lions at some point throughout the draft process, but weren't a top 30. So it's just one of those things where I, you know, with this, this draft, with the needs that we have, I would love to have another day two pick. And Josh Allen, as, as tempting as that would be to trade up, you know, how much would we have to give up to go get him? And I, I do think he's, he's probably the best fit in this draft for what the Lions could use on the edge as that Jack linebacker where he's going to be standing up a lot if he has to drop back into coverage 
every once in a while he can do that as well, and he's athletic enough to even be, you know, weak side linebacker. So he could really be a nice chess piece for this for this defense. But also, I think Brian Burns has the capabilities as well, and you just look at the bend that he has around the corner when rushing the passer. Brian Burns is second to none in that regard, and he played a little bit on the lighter side. I know that, uh, but he was 249 at the combine, and that's plenty big enough for the Jack backers. I, if I if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose the trade down. Yeah, yeah, love love everything you said there. I mean, as good as Josh Allen is, I think you can't give up resources to go up and get him. There's times, there's always going to be great football players in front of you where you pick. At times, you just have to hold your water and wait and and try to move back. And I think this is a perfect time for the Lions to do that. So, for sure. um, yeah, appreciate you breaking all that down. I'm going to kick it over to Grifka and see uh, what he's got for you. Yeah, um, there's still a big hole on the offensive line with the retirement of TJ Lang. And recently, the Lions have, have used a lot of high draft picks on offensive linemen. Would you be interested if uh, you were the Lions, Jim, in focusing on an offensive lineman in one of the first three rounds to fill that hole left front by uh, T.J. Lang? Yeah, yeah, pick number eight. I know Jonah Williams has kind of been, you know, mocked or projected to go to the Lions in a few different scenarios. I'm not sold on him at all. Uh, you know, he's he's been a tackle for, you know, pretty much all of his career. And I just think it's odd that a guy who didn't test particularly well at the combine either, anytime you're taking a guy in the top 10, you know, you better check every single box. You better be an athlete. You, you wouldn't expect a guy you draft at eight to have to make a position change. And I know the transition from tackle to guard, it's not the biggest transition, but it's still, it's a, still a jump. There's still going to be a learning curve. And I don't know if I would want to draft a guy who is limited athletically and going to be changing positions uh, at eighth overall. That just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So in the second round, I think there could be some really value uh, in the offensive line, depending on who's there. Um, I think Chris Lindstrom from Boston College has kind of been my go-to pick in the second round. Like you mentioned, there is a pretty sizable hole right now at right guard. We have a bunch of guys that could potentially play, but none of them – inspire a ton of confidence you have Terrell Crosby who again is kind of like Jonah Williams where he's more of a tackle he didn't play at all in any games last year at guard uh it came out after the season that he did get some practice reps on the inside but I don't know if you want to go into the season projecting him to be your top guard so I I really would like Chris uh Chris Lindstrom uh in the second round maybe even Eric McCoy uh Texas A&M guy um but in the third round, you start – I don't know. I think there's value at other positions in the third round, out value over interior linemen. But it really – it's so tough to predict who's going to be there in the third round, especially at the 88th spot, which is towards the end of that round. And, you know, there's, there's guys that might slip. So it's tough to say. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think a, a high pick – is really good there, but Lindstrom would be the guy I would target in the second round if everything falls correctly, the way I'd like it. Lindstrom would be my pick as well, so I really like your, your take on that. Uh, Derek, you got another question for him? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've heard some uh, talk that Lindstrom might not make it to that second round, but he is a great player. And then just to follow up real quick on, on 
Jonah Williams. So him up so high, even if they were to trade back, the thing I like about Jonah Williams is that he he has a burr under his saddle. You know what I mean? He's like a guy that uh, he seems like a tough football player, but Logan hit it on the head, man. Like you're moving his position. You're even moving him from like left tackle to the right side. I know people act like that's so easy. So I'm not a fan of that move other than, you know, they were trying to totally sure up the line, but how many resources are we going to put in the offensive line, man? I feel like you can't draft. When's the last time the Patriots drafted uh, their whole offensive line? You know, they might just take a tackle every once in a while, but uh, crazy there. Yeah. So I've invested a ton already in that offensive line, and at, yeah. at a certain point, you know, you have to go other positions. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Just I don't feel like Jonah Williams is going to be the best player avail- available. And Bob Quinn, yeah, in the first round he has been known to – kind of draft for need it does mix up a little bit with best player available but I feel like more often than not he has maybe reached a little bit at for certain players just because he wants to fill a hole but I I wouldn't be too happy and I actually I tweeted out kind of uh like a little poll and just asking people questions you know who who do they want the Lions to draft who do they think they draft and who do you hope they don't draft and Jonah Williams is actually my guy that I hope they don't draft. So, needless to say, I wouldn't be all that happy if they ended up with him at pick eight. You know, maybe if they trade it down, it makes a little more sense. But, again, going back to that point of how many, how much draft capital are you going to invest in this offensive line? Right, and, and Quinn is taking those safe, good picks. Now it's time to get some blue chippers in here. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to follow up on that. But this is my question for you. So, when Eric Schlitt was on, I sent him to the podium with the card. I said, you got to go to the podium. We got to make a pick. We know the realistic targets at number eight. You're stuck at number eight. Um, let's let's stop messing around. Let's make this draft pick, Logan. Um, you kind of know who's going to be there. Talk us through it. Um, you know, nobody, nobody that good is going to fall to you like you would hope, but you know the targets. Like, who are you taking at eight? Perfect scenario. Logan making the pick for the Lions. So... Ed Oliver is the guy who I I really like. Um, obviously, before last year, the season started, he was pretty much a consensus number one or one A, one B to, to uh, Nick Bosa, and you know he just didn't have a great season. But the athletic ability is there, and his he played all over the defensive line and probably out of position even at the nose tackle while in Houston. They just used him in weird ways. And um, I, I wonder if, if the Lions would try to you know peg him in at a defensive tackle. I know the Lions are really sold on having the two-gap and gap control scheme for the defensive lineman. I'm not sure if Ed Oliver is exactly that guy. He probably could do it, but his best you know traits about him are gap shooting and getting up into the backfield and just using as his athleticism. So I, I wouldn't want to pass up a talent like that just because he's not necessarily a scheme fit. But at the same time, if the Lions think that – I would hope that the Lions would be able to work around him and just draft the best player available and scheme to their players and not be so rigid when it comes to their scheme. So if Ed Oliver's there, I'd be more than happy to take him. 
I like your take, Grifka. This guy's giving you a run for money on the show. I might have to replace you. Uh, I'm agreeing with everything he's putting down. So, uh, um, great well, pick. You know, if, if he's not there, do you have a second one without uh, without breaking it down? Like, if if Oliver wasn't to be there, I'm just curious who the second name would be. So I'm I am high on Brian Burns. He's one of my guys. I really like. I just feel like. Um, I think he's, he's still 20 years old, but he's about to turn 21, so he's very young. Uh, he was very productive, and obviously with the weight he put on and he kept his athleticism, I think he still has a lot of potential. And the Lions don't have a pure pass rusher like I think he is, so he would be my second option. Uh, I like Ed Oliver as well. The only thing that kind of worries me about him, once again, watching the game last year, he was, uh, he was injured. And during one of the games, he actually got in a fight with the coach, with uh, and um because he was injured and he was wearing he was wearing like one of the team coats, like the winter coat, and the coach yelled at him, told him to take it off, it was meant for the guys playing, and he kind of got this attitude with him, and it was right on the sideline, and they got like in a shouting match, and I don't know if it's just from him being frustrated because the team the season didn't go the way it was, or if he's one of those guys that thinks he's a little you know better than everybody else. I mean, you haven't heard a whole lot about it, but I remember watching the game and seeing it. So uh, I'm sure he'll be a fine pro and he'll be reeled in by, you know, obviously veteran leadership. But it's kind of things like that that lead me to, you know, remember former Lions like, you know, Sean Rogers, you know, stuff like that, you know. So that's the only thing that, that worries me a tiny bit about yeah. it. You get in a shouting match, you know, over, hey, take off the coat, you're not playing, and he just kind of <laughs> off on the coach, so – Okay. That's very true, and if you look at like Quinn's past history of all the guys he drafted, they're all very high character players. You know, seem to be great leaders, and that's something that we're not privy to, unfortunately, just to to really know what these players are all about. And I guess you know the interviews that they conduct with these players, maybe they get a better feel and they get more inside scoop. You know, that's that's something that they're going to have to determine. But that is a <laughs> I think the coach was a little bit out of line as well. It did seem like a power struggle, and I'm sure there was probably – that was probably just the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure there was probably plenty before that that was going on that might have put these two, you know, the coach and the player on the path that it ended up going down. But, yeah, that's fair to bring up. Okay. Fair, hold on, Grifka. Fair but not a great point by Grifka. Uh, I, I appreciate you being nice to him, Logan. Just because you didn't see it, Derek, doesn't mean that didn't happen um anyways let's, we'll move on from that oh man um, here we go go ahead <laughs> okay uh even with the signing of anderson and the re-signing of zach zenner and having carry on johnson on the team and theo riddick is uh still you know still around even though he's getting a little long in the tooth um me and derek have been talking about running back and i still feel it's a it's a target of need in the draft do you feel the same way and if so what round would you kind of hope to get one at yeah, no, I still think it should be a priority, but not necessarily early in the draft. Um, I wouldn't mind maybe like a third round-ish area, depending on who's there. You know, Darrell Henderson from Memphis is there. Uh, he He's a, an electric back and someone who, if Carrion did have to deal with some injuries, which he's done, you know, in his short NFL career and even in college, if he were to go down, I would feel comfortable uh, with him stepping in and, you know, at least having a threat. I don't think C.J. Anderson is necessarily a type of player that teams are going to have to scheme around. Maybe he will have his uh, Los Angeles Rams form that he had last year, which was 
insane. Yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling we'll probably get somewhere, you know, in between, uh, you know, his, his Panther days of last year and his Rams. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be that Rams player right off the bat. So, yeah, and then unfortunately there's not a ton of great athletes in this year's draft. And if they are super athletic and a guy that can be a home run threat, they're they're lacking in size. So it is. It's I I don't know if I would feel too comfortable drafting a guy early on just because I don't think there is that type of player. But third round, fourth round, and then even better, probably fifth, fifth or sixth round, I'd be totally fine with. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Somewhere mid-rounds right there. Take the uh, take that running back if that's what you're interested in. I, I like Bryce Love. Derek makes fun of me for it, but that's uh, a guy I kind of like. So. Hey, at the, he's he would have been probably around a day two pick last year, and then he had a horrible season last year, and then the unfortunate ACL tear, you know, late in the season at the end of December, and now he's he's like a day three pick, and I wouldn't be opposed. He does have his flaws, but. As a day three pick, uh, as a guy who's just going to be a rotational player who's not going to have to be the every down, early down work workhorse or anything like that, I would love to have his just electric style of running uh, in this offense. And you mentioned, too, Theo Riddick, he is getting older. He had a down year last year, didn't seem to be breaking as many tackles and even has had a struggle with drops. It might not be a bad thing to have a guy who – um, is just exciting in the open field outside of carry-on. Yeah. See, Derek, somebody else likes Bryce Love, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm biting my tongue over here, but... Uh... Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Logan, uh, I got a double dip, too, for you here. The first one is, um, what do you think about the Lions in, in regards to their linebackers? You know, everybody has their opinions about Jared Davis... I love him. He can't cover. He's a great tackler. He's a great blitzer, all that stuff. You got Christian Jones. You got Jalen Reeves-Maven, who we kind of thought had some promise, but he really hasn't shown anything. Do you see a player in this draft that really would help solidify maybe the outside backer or we talked about on the show, like if Devin White or even a Devin Bush, you know, would they go that route, you know, and and move Jared Davis? You know, what's, what's your take on the Lions linebackers because I think they need something else there but I'm trying to figure out what it is and where to get it yeah it might, it might be tough in this draft to, to upgrade Jared Davis I think he has some some highs and some lows and it's just tough to get an in-between sometimes from him from game to game he hasn't been good in pass coverage uh, he's super athletic he can fly to the ball but that also hinders him sometimes because he overshoots gaps or takes poor angles and is prone to missing some tackles. But he is a disruptive player. He is, plays very well when he's rushing the passer. And I, I've even thought about maybe even trying to move him to the outside a little bit and having him rush the passer even a little bit more. But at the same time, we wouldn't have a middle linebacker to replace him with. And in this draft, I'm not a huge fan of Devin White. I think he's actually a Jared Davis clone. Um, yeah, it, I just feel like literally, you could tell me that was Jared Davis's in college, <laughs> looking at the film of of Devin White, and I would one hundred percent believe you. It's like they have the same strength. Yeah. Uh, White has been okay in coverage though, 
but Jared Davis wasn't horrible in college at coverage. He was actually pretty good, at least when it came to deep passes. But, um, yeah, and Devin Bush, actually, I, I like Devin Bush. He's a little bit undersized, but I think his instincts are better than Devin White. And they're both super athletic. They're about the same size. I mean, Devin White's only six foot, where Devin Bush is 5'11". So if I will say the Lions and Matt Patricia, though, they are they do like their big linebackers, and neither of them are that big. And outside of those two guys, you start moving down the list. Um, Mac Wilson, if they wanted to look at him in the second round, I wish he tested a little bit better. Uh, just seemed to be kind of an average athlete where I thought he might have been a little bit more athletic. Um, there's just I don't know if you could really any get any players or want to rely on any players in the middle of the rounds to move Jared Davis or to supplant even Christian Jones. Christian Jones was good last year, wasn't great, had some decent games, but again, he has flaws as well. But the linebacker class, I'm not super impressed with as a whole, uh, especially when you start getting to the mid rounds. Blake Cashman's a guy I, I kind of like, uh, which he could even be a second-round pick. He's very athletic, has uh, pretty good tape and his decent instincts. But they're just really not – I haven't found any linebackers that I really, you know, pound on the table for for the Lions to get in the mid-round. So it, it, it might be tough to move on or just to move Jared Davis to the weak side if you're not going to be able to build that middle linebacker with someone who's at least competent. Yeah, because I think you got to leave Jared Davis in the middle. He's kind of the captain of this defense. I'll live with some of his flaws and just let him grow into that role rather than adding another guy and moving him. But, uh, yeah, I like what you had to say. And like I say, there's two really good linebackers, and then there's a lot of other guys. So I'm hoping they can find another guy that fits and works. Now, Grifka, I was going to kick it back to you, but this is a question I think you'll appreciate. This is one that we need to share anyway. So, Logan, can you do us a favor here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast and, and – uh, solve a debate for us. <laughs> sure, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, so there's this guy, Grifka, if you don't know, he likes to draft people based on their name more so than what they've done or their players. So um, is is Rocky Sin, or like as Grifka likes to say, Rocky Sin, is he going to be in the first round or not? Let, let me know. <laughs> he could sneak into the layer. I've seen some mocks of him in the first round. I'm not sold he's a first-round prospect, but may, it only takes one team. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have him as a first-round prospect, though. Probably like a late second, third-rounder, wouldn't you think? Yeah, actually, and that's the conflicting part, because I know I've seen him mocked in a couple first-rounds or high second rounds, and I would be more comfortable with him, yeah, probably in the early third at the earliest. So it's... Yeah, when you just look at the other corners and a talent, that you got to push him down and get him at a better value. So, uh, did, did he solve that, Griffith? Or are we still stuck where we've been for months now on Rocky Sin? It's okay, man. <laughs> to each his own. Like you said, it just takes one team. I, I'm with you, Logan, by the way. So, take that, Griffith. Okay. Well, it, okay. So, we got his take on Rocky Sin. Let's get his take on your boy. <laughs> the guy who put up mediocre numbers in the year and a half that he played at Old Miss, but all of a sudden he's like the second coming <laughs> of Randy Moss. What do you think of DK Metcalf? I mean, he was at Old Miss. He got hurt yep. his freshman year. He got redshirted after like the second game. 
He put up okay numbers as a redshirt freshman. Then he got hurt as a redshirt sophomore. He had one big catch against Alabama, you know, for 75 yards, and that's the play Derek just loves. I think he's overrated, but obviously Derek likes him the way he looks, you know, when he's all buff and he can run fast, even though his shuttle and his cone drills were slower than me. So don't, uh, don't what do you think question. about UK Let, let, let the man answer. <laughs> So Metcalf's and he is a very intriguing prospect just because of his measurables and yeah those agility drills they were pretty bad but you have a lot of big receivers that aren't great at those agility drills Calvin Johnson even do the agility drills and you you wonder why I, and I almost wonder why Metcalf knowing that those weren't his strengths didn't just pull a Calvin Johnson and be like no I'm not even gonna do these and it just get overlooked but. The one thing I hate about the Ole Miss offense, it's such a weird offense where it's just like all verticals. He, Metcalf literally ran like three routes. And, yeah, he's very fast, and he's pretty good at the, you know, the, the catch point, high-pointing the ball and winning contested catches. But you just wonder if he can run other routes. He might not be as – he isn't as nearly as polished as some other top ten receivers that have – come out into the draft in years past but when a guy that size runs a 4-3-3 I understand the hype I just uh, he's he's a tough one to project the next level just because the offense he was in and unfortunately it is tough to look past (laughs) those agility drills I don't think that's he's not going to win with agility he's going to win with strength and uh, you know if someone ever tries to jam him he can easily just out muscle him and it wouldn't be wise to try to jam anyways because he's going to run right by you're not catching him but depending on where you have him are you are you a fan of taking him at eight is that is that the debate or are you just saying he's going to be a bust i'm saying he's going to be a bust i mean if you want a guy just to run a go route yeah he's your guy he can he can run like a deer but uh like you said in the pros teams are going to scheme against that and they're going to know what to take that away. I mean, they're that good. Like you said, at Alabama, when he, when he played against Alabama, he had one good catch, and then after that, he had like two more catches. Nick Saban instantaneously adjusted and, and just took him away. And the pros are he's gonna that's gonna happen to him in the pros. So I would I mean I think he's gonna fall in the first round. Obviously, like you said, his measurables. Sure. I just think he's gonna be a bust. Logan, yeah, he might not live up to the hype. He might not live up to that hype because he is, you know. Twitter just blew up when after he ran that four four three three, and I was probably partially responsible for that because it was it was super impressive. He just looked like a linebacker, then he just runs a four three three. I'm like, oh my gosh! But there are there's a, there's a lot of concerns with them. Let, let let me just add real quickly since Griff could kind of stack that up on his side. Like the the reason I brought him up is because I think this team needs offense. We haven't been able to go up over the top. We dinking and dunking on offense. We've got a couple decent receivers. I mean, I've I've promoted Kenny and he obviously showed up big. I was just promoting the fact like what if you move Marvin and what if you brought on a guy like DK either in a trade down or took him at eight, bolstered that offense. You got a cheap, big Freak of an athlete. Oh, by the way, you have another one named Kenny with young, small slot guys, Powell, and they could probably bring in another slot either in this draft or in the future. So that was kind of my thought of just like you need blue chip playmakers, guys with special traits, and he's 
he's one of them. Now, if he goes to a team where he can be a dynamic number two, that's the best case scenario. But I don't see this guy busting out. I see him, you know, if he gets in a great situation, sky's the limit. If he doesn't, you know, people could say he would struggle a little bit. But, I mean, I think his size, speed, and ability is going to overtake anything a defense can do to him, Grifka. But, like you say, you watched one game against Alabama, so I guess you got him figured out. I uh, watched the LSU game as well. Thank you very much. Uh, there you go. He got two under his belt. So any, anyway, no, right. he didn't uh, have I, a good game against LSU either. But he showed he he balled out against Southern Illinois. <laughs> oh boy! All right, I'm not going to push any farther. Hey, uh, Logan, uh, I know your your time's valuable. Uh, do you got just a few more minutes? We'll just hit you with one other question each. Let you promote all the great stuff you do, and then uh, we can get you out of here on the show. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool, man. Thank you for your time today. It's been fun. Like, I almost can't reply because, like, almost all your takes I agree with. It's good stuff. Um, you know, Grifka is just the one frustrating me today. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next question I have for you is, do you see Trey Flowers being a top five pass rusher in the next year or two? We paid him huge. He's young. He loves this scheme. He's got everything we'd want in a defensive and a beast in this in this type of defense can he be a top five edge rusher quickly because that's what we need him to be and that's what I hope he he will be uh here with the Detroit Lions yeah I mean it's you look at a stat top five that might be tough if you're looking at strictly pass rushing stats but I think the Lions signed him to for more than just his pass rushing ability yes he gets a lot of pressures doesn't have the elite sack numbers and ultimately that's usually what it comes down to and when you're talking strictly pass numbers they look at sacks and yeah Romeo Aquara if he can get seven sacks I know Flowers can do better than that and but if you're talking about top five if he's ever going to be top five in sacks I don't know if that's going to be the case they like to move him around the defense too even on passing downs they'll move him in the inside and uh that's not necessarily the easiest way to get sacks. But I, I feel like what they paid him, yeah, it was a lot of money, but it's not elite money. It's not Demarcus Lawrence or, Von, or uh, Khalil Mack type money. It's, he's still a tier under them. And so give it a few years, and his contract's going to be a deal. And given his age that you're looking at, he's still a young player. He'll be in the prime of his career for five more years. I bet he'll – He'll probably be on that fringe elite top five a couple years here and there, but I don't think necessarily his pure pass rushing ability is why the Lions solely signed him. They did it because he's one of the best all-around DNs there there is in the league, and I'm happy with that. And that's another reason why I've been a proponent of uh, Brian Burns because I felt like he is a little bit more of that true pass rusher. But if it all depends on your, your grade of – elite or what what your definition of elite as a pass rusher is and I know a lot of people are just going to look at sacks I don't know if he'll ever be uh consistently in the next five years as a top five sack guy you nailed it man I absolutely love that take uh and when I said top five I didn't mean so much stat numbers or sack numbers I was like in the next two years, I want, when they talk about the top pass rushers, you know, kind of like now you have, you know, the, the Lawrence's of the world who just got paid and are up top. Like in the next year or two, I want like 
flowers to be in that conversation of like the handful or two of guys that people talk about when they say um, who gets after the passer in the NFL. That's what we need him to be. I'm not too worried about the numbers. I think he's a great locker room leader. He'll be a great scheme fit. So you, you absolutely nailed it. Grifka, I'm, I'm throwing it back to you. Um, give Logan your best question and then we'll, uh, we'll let him promote all his great stuff. Uh, just a quickie right here. Once again, uh, feel the Lions are looking for a tight end, and I'm not a proponent of taking one in the first round, maybe one fall into the second round, early second round. And I think a couple guys that may be there are Noah Fant and Irv Smith. Which one do you prefer? In the second round, I mean, if, if Fant's there, I would take him almost immediately. I, I don't think he'll be there in the second round. And Fant, he's, a, he's an okay blocker, super athletic, you know, actually very similar in size to Ebron. And I know people don't – Lions fans don't like bringing Ebron up, but I do think they are a, a similar style of player. Fant had his fair share of drops. He had 13 drops on 131 targets, which is pretty close to what Ebron was averaging in his time in Detroit. So he he's a guy – I don't know if the Lions – they brought him in for that top 30 visit, but I don't know if they would – why would Bob Quinn get rid of – a guy like Ebron just to bring in another similar style play. And I fan, I'll give him credit. He is a little bit more athletic. I think he can block a little bit better, but as far as Irv Smith goes, he's a guy who I think is just a glorified receiver. He's a great route runner. Um, at his size, he didn't test particularly well, which kind of turned me off a little bit on him, but uh, I wouldn't hate to pick in the second round, but at the same time, I'm I'm not a big fan of his just you know where the Lions are selecting in the second round. I I think he is like I said a glorified slot receiver. Yeah, I I'm no offense. I've heard a lot of that too. I saw that same stat with the drop, but it's one of those things where like you said he's just getting a lot of hype and people are you know like his size and athleticism, so people think he's just going to uh, you know kind of come in and uh you know, just kind of, I don't want to say dominate, but, you know, at least make a mark. And Irv Smith, I think Irv Smith's got a good set of hands. You know, once again, watch a lot of Alabama football. And uh, like you said, he does run, really run good routes, but I think he's one of those guys that, as a tight end, he's really good at catching the ball that's you know, coming, you know, going away from you. You know what I mean? You run like an out route, and he's good at that. And a lot of people struggle with that. We saw Eric Ebron struggle with that a lot. So I think that's something he could do. But uh, you're right, Eric uh, Irv Smith, uh, he doesn't block quite as well as uh, – you know, is, is what you'd want. So uh, that's a good take. Well, I, I like that. He's only 6'2 as well. And, you know, a lot of times when you have these tight ends, you would like them to be mismatches in size. And a, a linebacker, he's pretty much the same height as a majority of the linebackers. And I'm not saying he can't win in other ways, but I would prefer my tight end to be able to win some jump balls. And Irv Smith, uh, I'm sure he could here and there, but, I don't necessarily think it would be like a mismatch if you see him lined up on the outside against a linebacker when they motion him out to throw a fade to him because he's not he's not the biggest guy in the world. So it's just pick your poison there, but I'm not the biggest fan of Irv Smith. Okay. Well, uh, Griff, because this is for you. I, I didn't do this all show, so uh, I got to give you one before we get out of here. Uh, I'm so glad Logan came on the show today to, to school you, to drop some knowledge. He agreed with a lot of my takes, so he's a smart man. Op, uh, he liked a lot of mine as well. 
Yeah. Oh, he did. I, I must have missed those. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, he was a tremendous guest. I mean, uh, we we can't thank you enough for coming on. Can uh, go ahead and throw out your your Twitter, your website, any of the things you're doing out there um, uh, for the people, the Detroit Kool Aid drinkers. For sure. So I don't have the easiest name in the world. So if you want to go to lionlowdown.com, that's the website that I write at, and I'm pretty much all over social media, uh, Twitter. Twitter handle is L Lamarandier, L A M O R A N D I E R. I'm on Instagram as well. I just usually post. I'm not too active on Instagram, but I do post pretty much everything I post on Twitter if it relates to stats or news. Um, and then even Facebook, if you want to go to lionlowdown.com, uh, that Facebook page. I also have a, a separate Facebook account. Um, that's just me. And again, I, I try to be as active on social media as I can, but at the same time I have a life, so I can't reply <laughs> to everything. But I really try to do my best, uh, just to interact. And I, I'm so passionate about the lions. I, I love just talking lions. So anytime there's lion talk going on, it's just nonstop on social media. So it's, it's a great place to be. Find me in any of those places. Absolutely, man. And I can't recommend it enough. Uh, go out follow logan uh he puts out great stuff uh man I, I just can't thank you enough for your time today we uh hope you have fun we try to have a little bit of fun on this show while we talk football and uh hope we can maybe have you back it was just it was uh, awesome to have you right before the draft it's kind of my favorite time of year um a great time to be a lions fan especially with the way this team is ramping up you know it's not even so much about the draft it's about the draft and all the things they've added and where we think we're headed with this team turning that corner um so man i can't thank you enough for coming on hopefully you'll come back again oh no anytime guys i appreciate you having me and like i said if there's lions football talk going on <laughs> i'm all in so anytime thanks for having me you're a great guest, man. So thank you so much. So Grifka, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, nope. <laughs> All right, we're gonna head and uh, close up the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Thank you, Logan. Thank you, Grifka. We'll be back on Friday with another um, show right here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man!